Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. One Sunday morning in Sunday school, as a seven or eight-year-old boy, we were drawing pictures in our Sunday school class. I can't remember what Bible story. And a little girl sitting opposite from me made fun of my picture, laughed at it, laughed at me. Well, I walked over to the table, grabbed hers, crumbled it up, threw it in the garbage can. The teacher goes to my mom after Sunday school, tells my mom, she, first of all, she came down pretty hard on me, scolded me pretty good. Goes to my mom after Sunday school, tells my mom the story. My mom goes to my dad, says, he needs some correction when he gets home. So she says, you're going to get it when you get home. So that's looming over my head, the whole message. Get home, go in the bathroom. Dad said, tell me what you did. And I told him the story. He said, well, your mom expects me to give you a whipping. So I'm going to do that. I'm not going to hit you very hard. But we're both going to tell her we, you got a spike in today. And he did, and I did, and, and it all worked out. But I understood sometimes the consequences that correction can bring. The fear of my being about to get it at church was much worse than my getting it in actuality. The, the psychological part of it. Um, We've talked about the consequence of, of treasure, of following after the wrong treasure. We've talked about the consequence of our impurity, of how when we decide to make decisions that question our, our purity, uh, there's consequences come into play. We've talked about the consequences of who or what we follow. And today we're going to close this series on fallout by talking about the decisions that come and the consequences that come from correction. So if you'll turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to be in Hebrews 12, and also in 2 Peter in just a moment. But Hebrews chapter 12, verses 4 through 11 is our text today. It says, In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And you have, uh, have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as children? It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines those he loves. And he chastens everyone he accepts as his child. Endure hardship as discipline. God is testing you or treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their fathers? If you're not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate children at all. Moreover, we all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of spirits and live? Our fathers disciplined us for a while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Four things today I want us to glean. Three from this text in Hebrews and then one, one point from Second Peter. The first is this is that decisions about correction need to be seen as inclusive. 
Decisions about correction need to be seen as inclusive. Look again with, with me, if you will, at verse 7. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. What children are not disciplined by their fathers? God is treating you as his children. We've all heard or said uh, when correcting our kids or grandkids. In fact, my dad said that to me that day in the bathroom when I got home. This is going to hurt me a lot more than it's going to hurt you. You've heard that, right? Uh, it doesn't. It's, it's, but, but we've heard that. And it's good that we say it, I guess. Um, we say that, but, but we follow through with the discipline because we know that's what's best. We know that's, that that's the best teacher uh, to, to correct us and keep us from going in that direction again. We do that with our kids because that's what's best for them. And God risks that same alienation by correcting us. But he follows through with it because he knows that's what's best for us. He knows we need correction. He knows that his children need correction, that we step out of line, out of his will, out of his purpose and design often. Uh, he he wants, wants to treat us that way because he sees us. And this is pivotal. He sees us as sons and daughters, not as servants, not as friends, not as acquaintances, not as churchgoers. He sees us as sons and daughters, sees us as his own possession, as his own kids. That's, that's, that's pivotal in why he does that. Uh, without correction, this struggle against sin that we, we just read about in verse 4 really doesn't have a lot of connectivity or meaning to it. But with correction, we start to see, oh, the correction is tied to this behavior. And this correction, this consequence is tied to this decision. And this bit of correction is tied to that choice. We, we can see correction as, as this, this means to move beyond the struggle against sin and, and become more victorious in it, we, we start to connect the dots. So why is that important? Because the enemy will try to use the same correction that God is using to alienate us from him. He'll try to use that same correction. He wants us to think that God is either mad at us or he's turned his back on us. Hear this today. God's not mad at you. He's not turned his back on you. He will not and he won't. He has not and he won't. The consequence, though, to our sin is correction. And the consequence to the correction or the outgrowth or the lesson from the correction needs to be inclusion. That we are corrected because we're included, because we are his, his kids, part of his body. So decisions about correction need to be seen as inclusive. Secondly, decisions about correction are indicators of our identity. They're indicators of our identity. Look at verse 8. If you're not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate children at all. If you're not disciplined, you're not legitimate children at all. The work of the enemy that I, I just mentioned is uh, to bring confusion and doubt into our minds. And we've all heard questions like, how in the world could a loving God allow, fill in the blank, how could a loving God a, a, allow my marriage to fall apart? How could he allow my family to struggle financially? How, how could he allow my loved one to be diagnosed with cancer? How could a loving God do those things? And every one of those questions, first of all, you need to understand they come from the enemy. That's exactly where they come from. But every one of those questions has an answer that is either naturally consequential or spiritually corrected. They're naturally consequential in terms of God's allowed will, the things he allows to happen. Or they're spiritually corrected in terms of his perfect will, the will that he puts forth on us, whether we see it coming or not or want it or not. 
So whether it's a natural consequence, the things he allows, or whether it's spiritually corrected, the things he purpose, purposes to happen, they're, they're for our good and, and for the betterment of who we are and, and how we see him. Um, why does he do those things? Because a sovereign God, and he is that, a sovereign God has, I want you to see this, he has designed to everything that happens in your life, good and bad. He has designed to everything that happens in your life. Uh, and, and the scars from the correction become an ID badge, sort of, so to speak, for that, that truth to be lived out. Every consequence or correction is intended to remind us of, of who we are and whose we are. Not to alienate us, not to, as I said, not to make us think he's mad at us or, or don't want anything to do with us. They're designed to draw us back to himself, designed to, for us to, to be reminded by the scars that we are his children, who we are and whose we are. Uh, even in those times where we can't see the reason for the correction, we have to trust that the boundaries that God's put in place for us are for our good. He's, he's designed those boundaries to keep us heading in a productive, spiritually productive and morally productive direction. Uh, and to know that, to know that we're a child of his, that, that is for our ultimate good. Romans 8, 28 says, we know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who, what? Who love him and who are called according to, what? His purpose. So God has those things for our good if we're walking in a love relationship with him and if we're walking out his design and his purpose for our life. The decisions about correction are indicators of our identity. Thirdly, decisions about correction are a means to a better outcome. They're a means to a better outcome. Look with me again at, at verse 10. Our fathers disciplined us for a while as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good, watch this, that we may share in his holiness. Disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the consequences to decisions either making us bitter or better. Uh, the difference between those two things or those two outcomes is learning to believe and live out, verse 10, to understand that God has designed to this. And his design is always for our good. And the result of that design and the result of that good is to lead us to a place of holiness, he mentions here in verse 10. Now, so what does holiness look like? Well, listen, if you will, to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, uh, verse 16 to chapter 7, verse 1. This is what it says. It says, what agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence to God. That's what holiness looks like. It looks like our separating ourselves from this culture and its means, separating ourselves from the things it controls and has, wants to influence our life, uh, and, and breathing into, into that uh, dark and, and disobedient culture uh, a lifestyle of holiness. So holiness, if it's the outcome, then the more we 
the more holy we become in mind and body and spirit, the less consequential our decisions are because we are walking more in tune with his, his will and his design and his purpose for us. We're, we're seeing holiness as a lifestyle being achieved and co- the consequences of that is there are fewer consequences to my decisions because I'm making wiser decisions spiritually. I'm making decisions that are more in line with God's plan and purpose and design for my life. Uh, uh, the desire of our heart has changed. As, as a result, our, our decisions change. Our consequences change. Uh, and, and again, let me remind you, God's not out to get you. He loves you and wants redemption. He's out to refine you. And his goals in that refinement are always redemptive. Uh, he wants us to be molded into his image, into his likeness. And correction is the means to that refinement. We don't get to that, that refined place, that mature place, apart from his correction for us. Uh, it's, it's impossible without it. It's, it's the means to a better outcome. When decisions about correction need to be seen as inclusive, they're indicators of our identity. They're a means to a better outcome. Turn with me now, if you will, to Second Peter Chapter 2, verses 4 to 9. I want to end this message in this, this series with reminding you that one of the greatest uh, consequences of, of God's design for you is rescue. Verse 4 of Second Peter chapter 2 says, For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them in chains of darkness to be held for judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on its ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others. If he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them to ashes and made them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly. And if he rescued Lot, a righteous man who was distressed by depraved conduct of the lawless, for that righteous man living among him day after day was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. If this is so, watch this, and the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to hold the unrighteousness for punishment on the day of judgment. If this is so, he knows how to rescue the ungodly from trials. Um, sometimes the consequences to decisions and choices are personal. Sometimes they're cultural. In fact, we talked uh, back in 2021 about the consequences of, of, of this woke culture that we find ourselves living in and how that's playing out in our culture. Sometimes, even beyond cultural, the, the consequences are global. Uh, we're, we're seeing that all around our world with, with terrorism on the rise again as a consequence to the decisions and choices. Uh, wars all over the place as a consequence. What God wants us to know from this passage, though, is this. Wherever and whenever it's according to his will for and by his design, he can and will rescue us from those consequences. Whenever and wherever it is according to his will and according to his design, he will rescue us from those natural consequences. Does God rescue us from every cultural consequence? No, he doesn't. Uh, but where it is for our deliverance, where it's for our protection, and according to his will and for his glory, he'll rescue us from those consequences. Uh, in fact, uh, we have to be on the other side to see all of this, to see these, these times of rescue that have occurred. In fact, <clears throat> I think if you're like me, you're going to be blown away. The other side is going to reveal the probably hundreds, maybe even thousands of times God's rescued us from things to happen that, that's about to happen, both, both physically, spiritually, emotionally, 
culturally, uh, in, uh, in, in terms of relationships, and, and it, it's going. To, the other side is going to open a book of amazement for us to see what we've, we've, we've been rescued from, and uh, it's it's probably going to be. In fact, I describe a lot of moments on the other side like this. <coughs> and that's going to be one of those moments of, <coughs> to, to understand how God is. Has rescued us that we've never seen. Not only that, a day is coming, and he speaks to it here in judgment here in, in this passage. A day is coming when the consequences are going to be eternal, not just cultural, not just global, but eternal. Uh, that's we're, we're, we will clearly see at that point the power of God and the hand of God to rescue rescue us from what's what's to come. Well. When it comes to treasure, when it comes to purity, when it comes to who we, who, 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 or what we choose to follow, when it comes to, to, to correction, decisions have fallout. Choices have consequences, both good and bad. Here's what I want us to see today as we close. Our God is a God of the second chance. He's a God of the second chance. Uh, if you're here today and you've rejected him, I want to invite you to come to know him today as your personal savior. Receive him into your heart. Give your life over to him and walk with him. Stop the rejection. If you're here today and you've been running, you're a child of his, but you've been running and running and running. I want to encourage you today to stop running and come home. Come back. He wants you back. The body of Christ wants you back. Your brothers and sisters want you back. Uh, To stop running and come back to him. Because the second chance, sometimes for many of us, turns into the third and fourth and 44th and 64th. The point is, he's there to receive you when you're ready to turn. Turn to him today and stop running and and receive him and stop rejecting him. Because know this, the fallout, and some of you have already experienced this in your life, maybe even this week, the fallout and the consequences are real. They're real. God has designed to them, but they're real. The wiser we become, the more we find ourselves in the center of his plan and purpose for us, living, walking out his will and design for us, the fewer those consequences are and the less severe they are because we're growing to see, here's how God's speaking to me. Here's how he's working in my life. Here's what he wants me to see. Here are the guardrails that he's put in place, the boundaries that he's put in place, not to take me where I want to go, but to take me where he wants me to go. And the, and the more clearly I see that, the less consequential my life becomes in terms of my having to pay for decisions and mistakes that I've made. Those, those consequences and the fallout is real. But his redemption and his rescue is just as real and just as sweet. Let's pray. Father, here we are today all of us at varying levels of brokenness. Even if life is clicking and working for us, we stand here as broken, sinful people. Many of us redeemed, but still yet broken and sinful people. Would you cause us to stop wondering why our life isn't fitting? Why why we're not blending into this place as, as much as we wanted to? This place was not designed for us. 
as we came to know you as our Lord and Savior, you, you changed our destiny and destination. You, you made our citizenship in another place. And so this place is a consequential place. It's a place where decisions and choices have, there's fallout to them. There's a ripple effect to decisions and choices we have and make. As you remind us of, the, of that today and throughout this, this past month's worth of teaching, I pray that what sinks in and soaks in is the more I walk with you, the more I find myself chasing after you and your plan, your will for me, the less consequences I face. The more mature I become, the better decisions I make, the less influence this culture has over me, and I start to have some over it. The less I worry about the outgrowth of my life and the more excited I become about how you're going to use me and use even my failures to teach those around me that redemption is real and rescue is real because you've done that in my life and are doing it every day. Father, yes, consequences and fallout's real. It's true. But help us to see that you don't, you're, not, you're not out to get us. You're, you're, you will never leave us nor forsake us, your word says. You do those things to draw us back to yourself, away from our ability to solve the problem, and more into your arms of understanding to say, here's what I want you to see. Here's what I want you to learn. Now let's learn from that and not walk this road again. Stir those things in our minds and hearts that we brought this way that are reminders of consequence, reminders of bad decisions. Now the enemy wants to keep us there. He wants to tell us that's who you are. This failure is who you are. This bad decision is who you are. This choice you made back then, that's who you are. And your word screams, no, it's not. I've redeemed all of that. I've forgiven all of that. Yes, there's consequences for it. But all that's been forgiven. Now let's learn and move on. Stir, up that, stir that up in, in our hearts today, Lord, and ha have us to walk out this place with greater victory. And we walk in. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Crosspoint Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.